Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here is your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I'll start by asking, what's new to you, Alex? I don't know. There's so much happening. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, it's been kind of a while, because we, so this is, this episode's going up a week late. Yeah, and it's like, also recorded the day before it's gonna go live (laughs) yeah we try not to cut it that close most of the time but it just didn't it just didn't work out yeah and it's just hard i mean last time i was in my little parents bedroom recording (laughs) i was actually recording for a different podcast Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, so it's um, this uh, writer up in Longview, Washington, and she uh, just started a podcast interviewing writers about, like, publishing and all that jazz, and she hmm. invited me to talk to her, and so, yeah, that was my last podcasting thing, so it feels weird to get uh, back what's, into this. What's the podcast called? Authors of the Pacific Northwest what it's called cool that's a good title yeah awesome is that episode live now or no no it doesn't go up until uh september so i will plug it when it when it's coming out okay good yeah we'll have to remember to mention that again wow golly it's kind of funny to ask you like what you've been up to lately because oddly enough though we've been like we we've had to like move the episode like i have seen you a couple of times since we last recorded yep oh is it yes yeah it's like two times yeah twice you came over two times first to one house and then the other one well and the first time we didn't record because i got sick you did i think i think you had an infection man yeah i think i got a bad spider bite or something and then yesterday, we were too engrossed in other things. <laughs> well, yeah, it was just a big day. Yeah, so because Alex and I um, and my husband and my brother and my friend from work, we're all going to be playing Pathfinder together. And we're super, super stoked about that. So we spent hours yesterday just building our characters and it takes so much energy. So the itinerary so... for the day was I arrived around 1130 we went to brunch slash lunch. It was definitely after 12 o'clock. We had this conversation. <laughs> but it wasn't brunch anymore. Brunch is eternal. Um, and then it's, we were in a It's always brunch when you're gay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, we were in a food coma for about two or three hours. We tried to start. We started working on our characters, but it was slow going. During all of that, Nicole came over and... And then it was like, I don't know, a good five hours at least of trying to crunch the numbers on all of it. Yeah, it's a lot, especially with a couple of new players. And we didn't have our GM either, so it was like... Yeah, he was at work and so like my brother was like filling in because he's got the second most experience at all of that business and like it's been forever since i've rolled up a character so i couldn't really remember the protocol and i was rolling up a type of character that i've never played before is this 
whole ordeal. And it was really, it was great and it was fun and I'm super excited, but it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. And then we had dinner. Yeah, we had delicious, delicious Thai food. And then I forced you to watch the first three episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> you didn't force me. You just, you just facilitated it. <laughs> I just bought the whole series on Blu-ray and brought it and to your location. left it at my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was actually just in the middle of an episode when, uh, when we were going to start recording. So you're, you're, you, you won. Well, you did it. I, I did. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a victory for all. Uh, it's for everyone. For it's everyone. <laughs> the whole, the, for the, it's really for America. It's a, <laughs> it's a victory for America, yes. I think. Um, so uh, for the listeners, why don't you tell us what your initial thoughts are? I think it's really cute. I'm interested to see how it, you know, sort of matures because I understand that it sort of um, changes throughout the series and, you know, they sort of settle into um, sort of a more um, even tone, <laughs> I'll say. Uh, so, but I'm really liking it. Aang's the cutest. I think it's a lot of fun and I, I'm definitely enjoying it and, and expect that I will enjoy the whole series. Well, Here's my rule. Don't watch the oh. finale of the seasons without me because I have to oh. those. Or you can okay. watch them and then I'll come back and we'll watch them again. <laughs> sure, we just have to watch them together. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, obs- like, the finales are seriously, like, some of the best anything I've ever witnessed. I get Okay, chilled. well, I'll just give you a warning when I'm getting close. <laughs> Okay. Well, the the seasons are kind of long, so you might take a minute, but they are short episodes, so you can binge them pretty mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, you can really blaze through those things. But uh, no, so I guess I'll tell the listeners, uh, you know, the whole reason why we're recording a week late is because uh, I just moved, and I'm living I'm living a little further north now, which is nice. I'm I'm out of the dad house. I'm in my own place with will and dylan and it's really great i'm really happy here it's, it's gonna be good and congratulations well thank you i'm glad that you like it <laughs> but yeah so that's been going on and works crazy because my manager quit extremely abruptly last week <laughs> and there's a lot of slack to pick up and i'm really really scared for next week because another very crucial team member is out on vacation all week and so i don't know how we're gonna do everything but i guess we'll see how i survive you're the boss now (laughs) i guess i'm just oh boy i'm super not ready like i don't like and the thing is they can't like hire someone else to fill her position because it's such a specialized position that you kind of had just have to train somebody and and like promote from inside the company and like I can't (laughs) like I'm super not ready (laughs) so like we just kind of are gonna all share like we're just all gonna have to take on what part of her work we can all do (laughs) just kind of split up her position into pieces because there's just not really any way to to fill it (sighs) sounds fun it's gonna be fun yeah it's gonna be great 
gonna be great. All right. Well, I mean, I, I kind of feel like what our conversation today is really just sort of an organic growth from this beginning preamble because we just sort of want to talk about like what we've been watching and reading and listening to and and how how that's all going because that's about all we've got in us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it's a beautiful day outside, and I, I've been in my cave all... So, I got up super early, as I always do. I laid in bed till 10.30, went out, got groceries, came back, and I've just been hiding inside all day. So, now that I, like, had to get out of my house to get to my parents' house to record, I'm like, I want to go back outside. Yeah, it's really nice out there. It's a little uh, too hot for me, but it's nice. Well, in the town that I live in, it's always really breezy, so it's, like, perfect. Oh. Yeah, like, outside my apartments, it's just not that, it's not that breezy. It's just sun. (laughs) But, Uh, oh, we brought, we brought the cat home. We stole my dad's cat. (laughs) So, (laughs) we've got a fluffy boy now, and I'm really happy, because I missed him, and he's going to be happier, because he doesn't have to live with a dog anymore. Uh, he's just sort of getting acclimatized. But yeah, we I had a big busy morning too. I went out and grocery shopped and then drove up to my dad's house and tried to get the rest of my belongings sorted and steal the cat. But yeah, it's 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 weird. Like it's already like 5.30 and it doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> it's July. We'll just chalk it up to being the first day of July. It is. Oh my god. I can't believe it. Where's this year going? Um, so one thing that I went out and went and saw, I saw The Incredibles 2. Oh, okay, yeah. Talk, talk about that. Because, I mean, like, I, I'm gonna see it, but I've heard such mixed things. Some people are saying, like, yeah, it's fine. Some people things. are like, it's I so only, good. I only heard good things. Um, so, I the one, the only thing that I would count against it is that uh, you know, I'm a solitary creature, um, and I find it difficult to go find somebody to see something with, so I'll just go by myself, which ends up not being always the best situation, especially with really fun movies. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely see it with somebody else, because it is, you need you need that reaction on this one, um, because mm-hmm. it's it's got that humor that the first one had but it's also really smart and like there are a couple scenes where you're like this scene is still going on this scene is just a conversation this is not a kids movie this is a drama (laughs) and i found that really exciting i I, yeah i'm I'm curious because like a lot of you know some some like critics i've seen say like it's fine like it's fun it's a good time but like it it's it's doesn't they they uh posit that it doesn't really like tread any new ground um and then a lot of people who love it have said like it's so good it's like as good as the original it's amazing and i'm thinking like well i mean i like the original but like i wouldn't say the original at least you know for me is like amazing so for them to be like it's just as good it's like that doesn't that doesn't mean as much to me personally. You know? So I love the original one so dearly. Um, and this one, I think for you, just have you having said that, I think you'll enjoy this one more because there is oh. more to it. 
Um, the technology has developed a lot in 14 years, so there's just a lot more detail in general. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the thing that really gets me about The Incredibles is just that weird sort of Randian, like, exceptionalism thing that, like, kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like, the idea, it, it kind of, I mean, I like, I the politics of the movie are weird, where they're like, no, we're born special, and we're exceptional, and other people aren't as good as us, and that's why we're better than them, and how dare they try to accomplish what we can do naturally, and it feels really creepy to me like i mean you know on one hand i'm tempted to say like but it's just a kids movie but like this is what we do here like this is what we do on this show (laughs) is we think that hard about these kinds of things and so while it's like a fun cool cute funny movie the sort of I mean, if we're going to go movies with Mikey, things animation taught us like that movie kind of says like some people are born better than others and the people who aren't exceptional should not try to be. Yeah. And I think um, that's not necessarily what I usually get when I watch it, but I, I, I do you know, recognize that that is there, especially with syndrome. Um, in this one, it it's hard because it like both sort of steps back but also pushes forward with that um because this one is a lot to do with oh they're trying to change the laws so that supers uh are no longer illegal um so it's got that sort of play but then there's the the villain is like all about how supers aren't good so it's like I don't know. I think in, in in terms of the movie in in its own little self, it does a good job. Um, but I would have to maybe watch it again and maybe watch it after the first one to see if they have anything that they're saying to each other. Right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see it. Like, as much as I criticize the original movie, like, it's fun and cute and it's good. Like, it's a well-made movie. Um, and I definitely want to see this one. It just, like, hasn't been as high of priority. Though really, like, nothing in the theaters right now that, like, I haven't seen yet is, like... Yeah, it's a weird... Like, gotta rush out It's a weird little for time it. for it. It's so odd. It seems like all the summer movies hit way early. They hit early, and then we... Like, all the big summer blockbusters. Too late, I think, too. Yeah, it's very weird. Like, I don't quite know. Like, they started summer in, like, May. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really understand that logic. It's just, like, moving up earlier and earlier. Because, like, now it's, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp just came out. Um, I haven't caught that one yet. That's, I but, like watch it. I didn't see Ant-Man. I have no interest in it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think that you should. I really liked it. Eh. I don't know. I, honestly, what I like about it is that it's so different from the other Marvel films. I mean, it's very intentionally, and and this is kind of funny, on a much smaller scale than the other Marvel films. It's not about a big, world-threatening catastrophe. It's a small story about some fun characters, and it's just kind of like a breath of fresh air in the midst of all of this, like, absolute bonkers nonsense in the Marvel Universe. And I just love Paul Rudd, so. I like Paul Rudd, too, but I don't know. Well, I, I recommend it comes with my endorsement. I think I've that heard, it's worth I've renting heard, or watching I've on Netflix people, or I've heard people like it, but 
I don't know. I'm so worn out with most of like just the how how much we have for Marvel that I am starting to be a little pickier. Uh, sure. Well, I will say this. Tonally, it's closer to Thor Ragnarok than any other Marvel film. Hmm. That is good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, we should also talk about Disney buying Fox. Yeah, that's that's well, and that was sort of in the works some yeah, time ago. But now it's wait, is it Fox or Sony that owns all the Marvel stuff? Well, Sony owns like the Spider Man and and the mutants and stuff, right? Right, but is Sony owned by Fox? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. I was no, having I a conversation remember... with my coworker and I think we got it confused. Yeah, I'm not, I, honestly, it's it's hard for me to keep track, but uh, I just remember back when like the news was first coming out about this happening, uh, people were <laughs> talking about like, oh, what the, the crossover possibilities. And someone was saying like top tier uh, Fox being owned by Disney crossover possibility is Hank Hill in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> technically possible oh god have you seen the trailer for kingdom hearts it is so overflowing with stuff it didn't need that um... kingdom hearts is overflowing with stuff it doesn't need in the okay first place. in the first place yes but the third one looks too much and like i have been a no, diehard kingdom hearts fan for the longest time but and also I don't know if I was mishearing, but it didn't sound like Haley Joel Osment was the voice of Sora, and I am upset by that because Haley Joel Osment is a treasure. <laughs> it is weird when they change the voice actor for a video game mid-franchise. And it's not like he's dead or like his voice changed. Yeah, no, they just, well, I mean, like, there was this whole thing back, um, for the newer Metal Gear Solid games, when they replaced Snake's voice actor, um, they they let go David Hayter and replaced him with Kiefer Sutherland. What? <laughs> yeah, it was a weird thing. And, like, it's not publicly clear why they even did it. David Hayter's like, I don't know why they let me go. Like, I would play Snake forever. Like, I don't. I'm really sad about this and I don't want to give up the character, but I don't have a choice. And they replaced him with Kiefer Sutherland, who's just like trying to sound like David Hayter. So I'm not sure what they what they were doing that for. Like, I really don't know. But anyway, that franchise is gone forever. So whatever. (laughs) It's probably just that whole team trying to. Well, Konami was making weird choices and it was not long later that Kojima left the company altogether and they still own metal gear so um there's no more metal gear from kojima and that's it's sad but kojima's finally free <laughs> finally well, free to make death it. stranding with mads pickleson see he's just he just wants famous people in his video games sure 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 but i don't think that it was kojima's choice to get rid of david Hayter because they've been working together since the beginning I don't know. When people are really creative and they get old, they start doing weird things. Kojima's always been doing weird things, though. I don't know. Like, I, I think that it was Konami. Weird. <laughs> Again, but we're seeing what Kojima's doing now, and I think that it's like, Kojima's up to his old tricks. Like, he's finally free to do what he wants. Um, I think it was Konami. Konami's been making some really bizarre decisions. I, I think it probably was them. But we don't know. 
We don't. Yeah, know. I don't know enough about it all to really say anything. I just like to pause it because <laughs> I like. You making just like the to shit angry. talk Hideo Kojima, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> even though I've never played any of his games. <laughs> I heard the I read this article that was the cutest funniest story about how Hideo Kojima and Mads Mikkelsen came to work together. <laughs> I love uh-huh. it so because they've got this beautiful bromance going on. I don't know if you're aware. It's the sweetest thing. They love each other very much, especially Kojima loves Mads Mikkelsen because everyone who knows him loves Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> they like <laughs> apparently I can't think of the name of the director. I feel bad. He directed Drive the uh, Ryan Gosling film and mm-hmm. Kojima is a huge fan of this film. And he, uh, he, they like met up at like some comic con or something and they were talking. Um, and Kojima was telling him about death stranding and, you know, he was casting Norman Reedus and he was looking for other actors. And this director directed Mads Mikkelsen in his very first film pusher. And he was like, you got to cast Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> Cause apparently that's how Mads Mikkelsen gets all of his jobs as people are just like, you gotta, you gotta get Mads. He's <laughs> 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 was like, you gotta, you gotta cast Mads. That would be amazing. Um, and Kojima was like, you know, I actually kind of was writing this character with him in mind. And um, at another comic con, <laughs> Norman Reedus ran into Mads Mikkelsen and was like, dude, you got to do this Kojima project. You'd be crazy not to do it. (laughs) And so he signed on. And when they were doing the motion capture for the trailer that Mads is in, um, Mads was like, hey, uh, Denmark is in the um, is in the Olympics tomorrow playing handball. We should like hang out and watch it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to Kojima and Kojima's like okay and so they went to a pub in London and watched this handball uh Olympics championship together and Denmark won and they cheered and it was very exciting for them and then a couple days later Mads Mikkelsen got Kojima a birthday cake <laughs> I just love the whole story it's just so delightful just these two boys get along so well I I love it <laughs> It delighted it me. Dreadful, but I, I don't know. I'm just a grump about it, I think. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm just... I'm, I'm mad I'm not outside, so I'm being grumpy. <laughs> oh, no. Don't be grumpy. Don't be grumpy. Well... I think we saw something else in the theaters, but it might have been too long ago, and we might have already talked about it. Oceans? Oh, yeah. Did we talk about yeah, it? Because, yeah, I don't think we really talked about Oceans. Well, it was, like, really gay, but not gay enough. (laughs) What? It was super gay, but not gay. You know? How it's like, oh, she's got bangs, and she's really cool, and they're, like, It was kind of queer-baity? And they live live together, but there's no kiss. There's no holding hands. Right, so kind of queer-bait? Very that, but, like, at least they didn't advertise it like that. Yeah. Um... Hmm. So it's like a nice surprise, but it's not like enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, everybody in it's really pretty. Yeah. And, no, like, they're beautiful. Really it looks like an extremely stylish film. And it's funny, but again, I saw it by myself. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. That's why it's great to have a husband. And you just have someone to drive to movies with you. Why don't you just rub it in? 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else I've... I just have had so little opportunity to watch anything. Uh... Well, what we were going to talk about uh, a, a podcast ago that didn't happen, uh, mm-hmm. we, we watched a little bit of Queer Eye together. Yes, we did, before you had to go home because you felt like crap. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and it was delightful. Yeah, because I had I'd told Alex that I never have seen an episode of Queer Eye or the old series. And he was like, what? We're watching it. <laughs> and that was the day, the day I believe that the second season came out. And it was, yeah, it was right around then. So yeah. Excited. Yeah. And it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. We cried. <laughs> oh my gosh. That first episode. So I, I've watched almost all of them. I still skipped around a couple because it didn't sound as interesting. But that one was definitely, they definitely front-loaded the season with like, here's the really emotional episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they like did. The really that was compelling like... compelling character. They, lots of drama in that one with the church lady. Yeah, and like so much positivity and so much love. Yeah, I I think I I probably enjoyed more the episode with the guy who wants to propose to his girlfriend that one was so cheesy and cute (laughs) it was delightful that guy he was just a sweet teddy bear and i wanted to hug him the whole episode it was Mm -hmm. so precious (laughs) yeah it was uh no it was sweet it was really nice like it was just like a good little like like a break you know, I just like yeah. to watch this show. It's just like, oh, this is just nice. Like, I don't have to and, think and too it, hard. And sure, it's reality and it's a makeover show, but it's not like there's enough sustenance there to get you through it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, while I was watching it, I couldn't help but be, but like, see the strings, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like how it's all, you know, really manufactured. But it, but it, at the same time, it did have a lot of sort of genuine heart to it it was just kind of like staged so that they could film it well for tv (laughs) well yeah and they they have a limited time frame and they have to make things happen they have to make emotions happen Mm Hmm. yeah i like i kind of wonder in that first episode um which boy was it that was like i can't go into the church that was bobby bobby because like i wonder how genuine that was so or if in the first it's pretty genuine in the first season they had another religious family and then he had a really in-depth conversation with the father um while they were gardening and it mm-hmm. definitely like um you know pointed out some things in his past that he he had has had a lot of trouble with religious institutions so i from knowing that end it felt really believable to me but since you hadn't seen the first season i can see how it would feel a little bit like much it was a lot and and i mean and it's just like it was it just felt awfully convenient Mm -hmm. for you know for making a television show to have this nice little bit of like prepackaged drama in there so, I mean, and I don't want to, like, disparage or say, like, I don't believe him. I think he's lying. But it did feel kind of like he was maybe making more of it than he would have had there not been cameras. Yeah, you know? and 
I think at, at least they didn't like do the whole thing where at the end he goes back into the church because he's been convinced. You know, they didn't have that. <laughs> right, right. So it wasn't like super gross and fakey, but but I do understand like they they focused on it rather than just being like, oh, where where'd Bobby go? And he's like, oh, he's just waiting outside. You know, they made it a point. Yeah, which I think in the context of the show is is good because it points out you know it gives him a chance to tell the story and it points out you know we're helping these people but people like them have not been helping us sort of thing yeah for sure and i'm yeah i have i'll I'll admit i have not watched any more of it beyond what we watched that day um i've definitely heard some criticisms leveled at it for like and I, I haven't looked into these enough, but I'm curious what your thoughts are about it sort of like exploiting women for drama. And I don't I don't know quite what they mean by that. Like using sort of. Yeah, I, I like, does that mean anything to you? I can sort of like speculate that maybe they're talking about like the partners of a lot of the people, um, how, you know, like in the in the proposal one it's all about that proposal moment and not about, you know, this man bettering himself. Um, or in the first episode, she's such a character and they really, uh, I think, what's her name? Like mama something. Yeah. Um, they, they really, because she's such an amazing person and such a character, they really play her up and they, and they, in she's that a cartoon episode, they character. And they don't even really do a makeover on her. They give her a nice haircut, but then we don't we don't see like the um the we don't see the outfit. Clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think but... it was like I mean, obviously they had to cut for time because they used so much more emotional stuff in that one, but I can sort of see how it's um how someone could see it as exploited exploitative in that way, uh of, of sort of using yeah, I, I really wish yeah. that I had read the article because I was like, it kind of piqued my interest, but then I was like doing something else and I didn't go back to it. And I'm I'm curious what, and and I'm curious if it's just one of those things that's like, this is the popular show right now. So I have to find some criticism to write an article about for it, you know, yeah, like I, how. I think that's partially it. I saw another article. It was, um, so I don't know if we watched it together or I watched it on my own. Um, there's an episode this season where they do a makeover for a trans man. Okay. And they criticize his fashion choices and they call them like uh, sort of uh, immature. And then the article was talking about how that's just, you know, maybe the queer perspective on fashion is just different. Um, But in the context of the episode, it made sense. You know, he has a very professional job and he wants to, you know, have a more professional look that he can bring out. And he wanted Mm -hmm. to, you know, so... Like I, I sort of, see, I sort of see and understand that perspective, but like, thank you for saying something, but I don't think it's some like grounds to, you know, condemn a it's show. It's maybe you know? not like a huge thing. It's just like something that maybe needs talking about. I think, yeah, go ahead and write your article. Go ahead and talk about it. Um, but let's not, you know, let's not go overboard. Well, let's, you know, a lot of the times, especially just, you know, when we're, when we're browsing headlines, we, we almost see it as like, um, down with this show because they did this one little thing when. Yeah. Well, and, 
and I, I think that it, it tends to be sort of a an, uh, an impulse for people to say like oh, this thing's problematic we must like yes. take it down instead of just saying like yes. hey let's let's um sort of investigate this let's consider it and maybe think about how things could be better uh yeah. you know mm -hmm. i saw this like i just was i was scrolling down through twitter and came across a post about like how great anne hathaway is and she deserves okay, better i saw that one too yeah and how like she's unproblematic and then so i was like oh boy what are people gonna have to say to this because i know there's a lot of people who really hate anne hathaway um and so i scrolled down and i found a post about like it's like, oh, how is she unproblematic exactly? Because she is in support of uh, continuing to criminalize sex work. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, like, I disagree with that opinion. And I think that, you know, there, but maybe she just doesn't know as much about it. And, you know, it's like, that's not like the worst thing a person could say is that they think that sex work should continue to be illegal. Like, it's not the worst opinion I've ever heard in my life. Uh, you know, nobody's, it, nobody's like your ideal, like, correct person. <laughs> Well, and also, um, it was like, she signed this petition. Yeah. It wasn't like she made a speech about it, you know? Yeah, she's just, like, <laughs> exercising her own personal opinions. And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I disagree with that. But, you know, I would talk to her about it, given the opportunity, and maybe she would change her mind. Like, it's not oh, like... Oh, that was three years ago when I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, like, I kept scrolling and, like, some, it was just, like, dumb internet arguments, people being petty for, like, no reason. And somebody, like, was being dismissive of someone else and used a, a gif of Jennifer Lawrence being, like, oh, right. Yeah. And they were, like, oh, you used a gif of, an, of a problematic person to make your point. And it's, like, oh, boy. And then someone said, well, what's problematic about Jennifer Lawrence? And the person responded, literally everything. And I'm thinking, listen, man, I'm not the biggest fan of Jennifer Lawrence, but I don't think that literally everything is problematic about her. Like, that's no way to have a conversation. Yeah. The only one that is, like, literally problematic about every part of them is Donald Trump. <laughs> sure, that I, that I think is fair to say. Um, <laughs> but, like, and at that point, it's like, okay, so it's clear to me that you just have, like, a dislike of her, and you maybe know that you heard some stuff about her, but you can't really recall exactly what's wrong with her, so you just say everything's wrong with her because you're not actually prepared to have that conversation because it's not really based on anything that you know. Either that <laughs> or just, like... Yeah, they heard from her. like, her, if they had some course. receipts, they would pull them out. Uh, you know, that because right? they would love to do that. If they could right say, like, receipts? she did this and said this and all that, but they couldn't. They, they didn't. And so they said literally everything because they weren't prepared to actually have that discussion. Yeah, they weren't prepared to either find them, which is work. And, you know. I don't and wanna, they didn't like, recall them, so. I don't know. I <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird little one. And, and, and it's funny because, like, it started off as somebody just being like, oh, look how good she looks. And so, like... Yeah, someone just being like, hey, I like Anne Hathaway, and she gets a lot more shit than she deserves. <laughs> like, that's all. And then I think there was a later one that I saw. I don't think it was in response to that one, but Anne Hathaway's been up, you know, because she was just in a hit movie, and, you know, there was... So she's a topic of discussion. Well, in that story of uh, she was feeling bad about her weight because she had and just... Then, and then Rihanna was like, you're... Rihanna thin. was like, your butt looks great. <laughs> Um, and so now she's just like flaunting because she loves herself. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, I can have this body shape and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and that, that I saw in like a post, somebody was like talking about, uh, 
Oh, they were, they were listing all the amazing accomplishments of Anne Hathaway, all the great movies that she's in, and she can be on par with like amazing actors. Yeah, that's the one that I that's the one that I had seen. And then somebody was like, "Oh, and uh, she was given two beds in Shakespeare's will, or something." Uh, right. So, yeah, like comparing about... her to the historical Anne Hathaway. Exactly. And then uh, somebody pulled up a picture of her, uh, Anne Hathaway, the current Anne Hathaway's husband, and how he looks like paintings of William Shakespeare. That's cute. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I like Anne Hathaway. I don't have a problem with her. I don't really understand the people who dislike her. But listeners, if you have a problem with Anne Hathaway, feel free to tweet us. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I, like, because I'm I'm not clear on what the problem with her is. So, like, if there is one, I'd like to, like, hear the sort of the discussion of, like, what, because, like, I, I guess people find her to be, like, artificial but i, I don't, I don't know. so I mean, <laughs> and, and oceans eight sort of you know deals with that too because she's playing an actress yeah and she, like she's almost playing like a parody of the person that people think she is and dislike yeah but also like a parody of young not as in the news as she wants to be act you know mm-hmm. you know the the uh, yeah a parody of of young actress of that whole scene yeah so i don't know i don't know i mean she's not my favorite like i'm not gonna go to bat for her but like i don't have a problem with her i think she's cute it reminds she's me done of this, some good work this other tweet i saw it was uh something about how the thing that gays will cheer for the most is a uh an actress in her 40s yeah <laughs> yeah and, and i was like simultaneously like oh and simultaneously simultaneously like yes <laughs> sure. yeah no it's a thing it's definitely a thing but i don't know have you uh have you read anything lately oh you've been you've been gushing about the the new uh florence the machine album yeah so that came out on friday um and it's got like good stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it was releasing, uh, it, it seemed like a, a, a single every two weeks or every week leading up. So she has like three or four singles with music videos and they're very artistic as most music videos are. Um, mm -hmm. But she's always, you know, tried to do some sort of element of performance art in them. Um, and they're, you know, the music videos were good. The, the singles were really good. And they got a little more edgy as things went on. Um, I know that the second single called Hunger that she released, the first lines of the song, she talks about um, anorexia. Um, and it's just like so much more forthcoming than she's ever been. I mean, she's, yeah. never, she's never really held anything back, but she's always had this sort of like um, fairy illusion to her where she's just like singing about, you know, dancing in a graveyard and like, you know, she, she had that sort of mysticism that was sort of blocking any sort of really, right. You know, she, it was kind of a persona, a persona, but also just like, maybe she didn't have the capability at that time of, you know, writing a song about something really personal, but that's what I'm really liking about this album is she's writing songs that are, 
about things and she's also writing them in a completely different way than she's ever written before instead of like having to rhyme she's foregoing rhyme in certain places in order to you know uh make a point about something or instead of like singing at her you know because she can sing we know she can sing we know she can carry a note we know she can Mm -hmm. you know hit those huge notes sometimes she's just doing weird things with her voice like in um, one of my favorites is called uh, Big God. And at a point, she just does that thing with your with your throat where you're making that, like, froggy noise. The, like, mm. fro- yeah, that, like, croaking. Yeah, and it's very, like, it reminds me of Regina Spector and how Regina oh, okay. Spector, yeah. like, Regina Spector has a song called Open where she just starts gasping. And it's so cool. And I just love it when artists are using their their mouth for more than just singing and it makes you know yeah sort of breaking the rules of of singing (laughs) yeah exactly so there's a lot of that and then the song was really exciting when the album came out was uh, i think it's the first song on the album it's called june which this album came out in june Um, (laughs) and it just felt like a little bit to me it felt like a little bit of like a um, a song about queer people because it's Pride Month and because, you know, there's a, I think it's like the chorus or something in the song is like talking about love and there's a line that says um, love is, it sounds, it sort of starts off as really cliche. It's like love is, um, I don't remember, but it, it's like love is a, <laughs> you know, love is a rebellion or something like that revolution that kind of thing but it just yeah it's nice it sounds good yeah i really need to check it out i listened to the new uh, gorillas album that same day and i I quite enjoyed it's it's definitely a departure from um what they've been doing recently because a lot of their newer albums have a lot of um rap on them and this one has very little it's almost all just damon alburn vocals Mm -hmm. um like humans had like a thousand guest artists um and this album very few very few um so it 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 feels i I would say i was gonna say it feels like a return to their older work but it doesn't because tonally it's it's very sort of like groovy and dreamy um it's it's a lot of fun it's a really enjoyable album um and the new panic of the disco album just came out have you listened to that? Have you listened to that one yet? I listened to it. I listened to the single and I liked it, but he's, I feel like his, his, I don't know. There's just so much going on that like, it's just, you know, echoing shouts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like well, every I, song's I have... an anthem and I just can't handle that. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a noisy album. Honestly, I think that tonally it's quite similar to, um, Death of a Bachelor, the previous album Mm -hmm. for most of the tracks. Um, Death of a Bachelor had those couple of tracks, the title track and then, um, Impossible Year, which he's very much doing sort of a lounge singer Sinatra thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but barring that, the rest of the album sounds a lot like this. Um, I, I like it because he's just... (laughs) He's he's got this very interesting cynical tone going on lately. Um, I think that this new album is really about sort of the way that Los Angeles will chew you up and spit you out. Mm-hmm. Um, the the final track 
is called Dying in L.A. And it's it's just sort of about like how when you are successful, everyone in L.A. wants to be your friend. But as soon as your success starts to fade, nobody knows you anymore. Yeah. Like you don't have any real friends and you don't have anyone to count on. They're just fair weather, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but that just seems, you know, that's almost <laughs> Death of a Bachelor, I think, was is was about kind of similar things. So yeah. <laughs> that's just sort of what Brendan Urie's on right now. But but it's a fun album if you're in the mood for it. Um. Another thing that happened this week was the finale of season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. So I don't know if you know any of the things going on, but I mean, obviously... I don't know a thing. Obviously, we all know that RuPaul said something really gross at the beginning of the season. Um, It was sort of all over the place, and people that don't even watch the show heard it. Um, And honestly, that really tainted the show for me. So I, I maybe watched the first three episodes, and then I've just been like watching little recaps because I don't, it's, it's not fun anymore because it's not for everybody. You know, mm. I feel like that's really rude that it's not for everybody. Anymore. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like it just, it, it feels like you don't feel comfortable enjoying it because you know that there are people who are being excluded. Exactly. And it pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's a lot of, drama that happens in and outside of the show itself too which i'm not as up to date on but it's like i know that one of the cast members was really vocal this season about like um the racism that uh or racism in general but also that the um the queens have had to deal with as people that have been on the show yes um and they sort of posed her as this person that just wants to fight oh um, like just an antagonist yeah and then in yeah it and then they had the reunion special and they she tried to explain it but then they weren't they were like twisting her words and so she walked off and then they just sort of and then rupaul just sort of was like we can't you know deal with people that aren't ready to deal with their stuff i'm just like Maybe she just didn't want to be there anymore because you were being mean. Right. But anyway, there was a winner and nobody really was that excited about it. Oh, no. The the favorite had a huge... So, uh, the the whole thing of Drag Race, especially in the finale episodes now, is that there's, like, a shtick that you have to have. You have to have, like, a fancy reveal, reveal where you, like, spin and your dress turns into a different dress or, like... Your hair has something under it. Like last year's winner had rose petals under her hair. Hmm. Um, and so the favorite this year, um, Asia O'Hara, had these big cone bra things on that had live butterflies in them. Oh, wow. And, that is... and, and she wa- Yeah. And she wanted hmm. to reveal them and the butterflies would fly. and It would be really cool. And they didn't fly. They fell on the yeah. ground. Yeah. And it was devastating. And Don't do so that, man. it's like nobody wanted anybody else to win. <laughs> but she didn't win because she the butterflies didn't work. Yeah, that was a that was not a well thought out plan. Well apparently she like practiced it and like had had people on like and it had worked before but it just didn't work the night of and it's like I mean that happens. They say don't work with children or animals. 
<laughs> well, and like, yeah, I've just heard about that. Like so many weddings where they're going to like release butterflies oh, no. and they just all died and that kind of thing. Like, just don't, yeah. man. They're they're living creatures. Leave them out. Leave them out. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. So it's just, you know, Drag Race used to be one of my favorite things. And then now it's just sort of like, yeah, not anymore, which I guess that happens, but it's hard to sort of think about and accept it. Yeah. Man, this episode's turned into a bit of a bummer, huh? <laughs> well, then let's turn it around. I'll talk about something else that I've read recently that I liked. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so uh, I just finished a book of poetry. Um, it's called Madness, and it's uh, by a poet named Sam Sachs. And it's a, po a book of poetry about uh, mental health and physical health and um, being queer and HIV AIDS. Um, and I've really struggled to find poems by Sam Sachs that I've really, in, that have like really dug into me and, and made me feel something. Um, and that's nothing, you know, I'm not saying that in, in any sort of rude way. I really enjoy um, what Sam represents and the work that he does and his performances. Um, but I just, nothing ever clicked. And then halfway through this book, it just immediately clicked. And the whole second half of the book, I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, um, so it just felt really great to finally get it. Yeah. Well, that's good. So what's yeah. the book called? Madness. Madness. Well, cool. Yeah, you, you're like the only one out there <laughs> recommending poetry. Like, I know it's it's great because like it's so it's so rare that like poetry will come up in conversations of pop media so you're right. out there fighting that good fight well I mean I feel uh, there's a lot of articles going around the poetry community of like people saying like poetry's bigger than it's ever been and all da, da, da. and all the poets are like duh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think no, it's, it's honestly great. like you know, we had a couple of really blockbuster sort of poetry books like uh, Milk and Honey and right and that sort of thing. And I think people are like, oh, if I could read that, why can't I read this other thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think that people are finding a, a new appreciation for the for the medium. And and it's it's great. I mean, as I'll admit to, you know, not being terribly experienced with poetry and, um, you know, being <laughs> at times somewhat intimidated by it. Um, and, and it, it's, um, it can be hard when you don't have the education, um, that like clues you into like how to read poetry. Um, yeah. and that scares a lot of people off for sure. But I think that it's becoming a little bit more, <sighs> I don't know. Um, I mean, in some ways, I think that poets are, are are trying to make maybe more accessible work for people who aren't as in the poetry community as they are. Mm -hmm. And that certainly makes a difference in, in how, you know, how many people want to approach it in the first place. I think it's also a little bit of that whole, like, hipster thing that, like, <laughs> oh... It isn't traditionally thought of as good or um, like popular. Popular, so I'm gonna like it. 
and sure. we're all guilty of that and like that's just how the world works um but i'm like hey i mean if people are reading poetry good for that <laughs> whatever brings them in exactly because then once you're there you know then you can really hook them sure sure well, I mean, given the format of the episode, I don't. I, you may have tapped out, but um, do you have any recommendations this week? Uh, 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 well, we talked about. Did we talk about Haley Joel Osment while we were recording, or was that between? <laughs> yes, we were talking about him because of Kingdom Hearts. Right. Okay. So my favorite podcast, or one of my favorite podcasts, um, throwing shade. I I mention them all mm. the time. But they had a quick little cute interview with Haley Joel Osment, and it was really cute. So check that out. Cool. Do you recall? I mean, it's uh, in case someone's listening to this in the far future. Do you know what the episode was called or what number it was? Uh, I can pull it up here briefly, um, unless I deleted it, which I tend to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was the, uh, let's see, episode, nope. So it's somewhere in June of 2018 episode. <laughs> right. Okay, that should be enough. 344, 345, somewhere like that episodes. So so that's cool. good. And then also, uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I listened to a little bit more of the new the Adventure Zone Amnesty today. Um, and that was nice. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely helping me get ex even more excited for when we start playing our our little campaign yes ah, it's gonna be good. i'm gonna do so yeah. many weird yeah. things <laughs> do it weird stuff's good man keep it interesting we gotta throw will off uh, yeah just make it hard for him make him make him work for it i'm gonna be <laughs> conjuring water all over the place just do it man <laughs> conjuring two gallons of fresh water just <laughs> every five minutes you get two gallons and you get two gallons <laughs> uh well what i want to recommend it's a podcast i i um first checked out a while back i don't think i've ever mentioned it though um i just sort of got back into it it's called bad books for bad people um <laughs> uh, it's really fun it's just this this dude and this gal and they read um sort of pulpy trashy sort of bloody books uh, from different eras and just talk about it just like the stuff that's kind of not highly thought of so it's absolutely sort of our our purview the idea of these books that are not nearly high literature yeah. um and uh it's just a lot of fun you know they just read these books every month they put in an put out an episode where they just discuss the last book that they read um they just you know every month they pick a book to read together uh, and it's uh, it's really fun. And actually, the most recent one was a little bit of a break from form for them. They um, they normally you know real read fiction, but they read this sort of historical true crime book about this bizarre witchcraft trial that took place in the court of Louis the Fourteenth. That sounds um, so cool. It, it's a really <laughs> fast. I can't remember the title of the book. Um, but it's something murder in the court of the sun king something like that it's got a very long subtitle about like witchcraft infanticide and i don't know but <laughs> it sounds like a wild read uh it just like and you know this this one's particularly fascinating because it's something that actually happened but you know they read stuff like the bloody chamber and um just all kinds of nasty books 
and talk about them. Uh, so <laughs> things can get a bit um, a bit blue, a bit gory uh, at times, uh, depending on what book they've read. The content can be m- more or less um, sort of unsuitable for children. So listen at your own risk. But if that's the kind of fun that you have, uh, I, I quite enjoy them. They're they're fun people. <laughs> bad books for bad people. <laughs> um, uh, I want any. Uh, oh, what? go ahead. Yeah, you go first. I was just going to I was just going to thank the listeners for sticking around through our weird pauses. Yeah, things have been a little um, upside down for us lately. Lots of weird life changes. So, like, if you're still listening, <laughs> thank you. Did you have something else you want to add? Uh, yeah, so I actually want to plug something. Um, oh, right, right, right. So, I don't know if you know what I'm going to say. Uh, you may not. Well, we'll see. Um <laughs> So my brother and I, Dylan, who you'll know from a few episodes of this podcast, if you've listened for a while, um, we are going to start a uh, Let's Play video game channel and a streaming channel on Twitch. Uh, We're going (laughs) to... So our our show is tentatively titled Junk Adventures. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to stream on Twitch and then we'll release, um, edited episodes on YouTube. Um, we're just, get, we're going back and playing weird old games from like our childhood. Um, and then we're going to branch out and like maybe get some suggestions from other people of like weird stuff that they remember playing as a kid. Um, the first, <laughs> the first game that we're going to play and really our mission in life, um, is... Steambot Chronicles, um, known in Japan as Bumpy Trot. This game was released for PlayStation 2. I'm going to feel bad if I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that I'm correct. Um, It's this really weird game, and we love it a lot. Um, And we really feel like it's it's a forgotten gem, and we want (laughs) to spread the gospel of Steambot Chronicles. Um, And our, our, our ultimate goal is to get... Uh, fun get someone to make Steambot Chronicles 2 because that game was in the works years and years ago and then it was shelved and we want <laughs> we want it to happen and so we're trying to show everyone how good the first game was so maybe we'll finally someday get Steambot Chronicles 2 um, so I'm not sure exactly when we're going to start recording but pretty soon I'll uh, I'll give another update with the specifics when we are going to start streaming and posting episodes. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun if you, uh, if you're into let's plays and, and video game streams, um, my brother's a riot and we're going to have a lot of fun. So that's not what I thought you were going to say. That came out of nowhere. I had no idea. Uh, I know. That's why I was like, I'm pretty sure you don't know. I'm pretty sure you don't know what I'm talking about. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate and subscribe so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. Check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates and news. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, kiddos, remember, keep your stick on the ice and no No guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures.